Benjamin can have love for the truckie. Beautiful minds, but we love getting ugly. Risk takers with a clover, man, we love getting lucky. You run, we chase fire. I love when it ducks me. Tones go off, house watch, read the address out. 1075, get up off the magic couch. 500 gallons prepared for the baddest drought. Who else you want on the way when disaster's Can't out? Can't even get a little bit rattled when you enter with exit apparel. Mayday member down, they'll drag you. You won't get this from every Tom, Dick, and Harold. But here's a view from the top floor with Mickey Farrell. Victim removal versus sustained advantage. This is something I think that we're overlooking in our training. A narrative that needs to be explored and variables that need to be discussed. Common sense. Common sense in high-pressure situations and its importance in making split-second decisions that could affect the outcome of our rescue operations. What's up, guys? This is Mickey Farrell. Thanks for tuning in. Something I want to explore on a little bit today is something I think that we're not necessarily setting our young firefighters up for failure, per se, but I think it's something that we have to discuss and explain in real life under high-stress form. Victim removal versus sustained advantage, or the importance of having a systematic victim removal process. Uh, understanding and applying certain strategies can ultimately lead to saving more lives. You know, the conditions in the fire building, you know, this is something that we're not talking about in the training academies. We're talking about the latest and greatest techniques of removing victims. We're carrying webbing. We're drilling with webbing, but we're not talking about that split-second decision-making under high-stress, real-fire conditions, the unpredictable and temporary nature of our environment. You know, something to consider when removing a victim, as well as yourself, for that matter, on the fire floor and floors above, is an area of refuge. That first step, rather, that immediate removal, that transitional means that we always talk about and we learn about, is the interior stairs. So many times when I'm drilling with young firefighters, we're going through the process, they find the victim. And then the next transmission is, I'm removing that victim through the interior stairs. Now, if you just went through hell and back to get to that victim, why would you ever bring that victim back through that fire area when you can simply shelter in place and find an area of refuge? This is sustained advantage during victim removal. In the fire academy, we tend to program firefighting robots. It's just the sequential order of teaching and learning, just the way the system works. And that concept of when you get to the firehouse, you learn it the right way doesn't always work. Again, not everyone gets to go to that firehouse and steep in training and tradition and pride. In the volunteer world, like I've spoken about this, not everyone gets to go back to their hometown that has that training balance, that, that understanding of what we really do. Area of refuge. Let's explore on that a little bit. So what really is an area of refuge? It's simply an area that can be isolated from the immediate fire area. Now, when we're finding this area, we want to try to isolate into a room that has a second means of egress via a window. Now, that window, we can call for a portable ladder if it's not already there, or we can explore and look for a fire escape. That second means of egress is not necessarily to remove the victim. However, if we have a delay of getting water on the fire, we can now go through plan ABC, area of refuge. Now, EFG, we have a way to go. We have that in place. We have that technique of that understanding of this second means of egress in order. Now, removing a victim out the window in training 
it's hard. Now put real life fire conditions. I wouldn't say it's impossible, but it's extremely, extremely challenging. So don't take what we're doing in training and try to parallel that to real life under high stress and high heat conditions. Again, the environment of that fire building will dictate everything. Now, talking about fire dictating our actions, we have to understand that we need to dictate that fire. We shall dictate the fire, never let the fire dictate our actions. So flow path. Now, flow path is two words that the fire service has kind of set, not only the young firefighters, but across the board, up with fear, which I don't understand. This just comes from a lack of understanding from fire industry versus fire service. We want to sell books. We want to make testable points. We want to try to make, quote, unquote, the fire ground safe. Well, the fire ground is never safe. We have to understand that first off. But by understanding the tools within the environment of the fire building we're fighting fires in, how we can manipulate the energy in the fire building rather than battle a fire. So flow path to me is a disruption within a tactical movement. Think about that for a moment. A disruption within a tactical movement. Simply meaning that we dictate the fire. We dictate those conditions. So finding that area of refuge, isolating that door, finding that second means of egress, and sheltering in place, you can ultimately change the momentum of that fire, change the tempo of that fire. Moving on beyond that, when it's time to double down and change that tempo or manipulate or maneuver that energy within the fire building, we have to talk about moving the victim and how that depends on circumstances of the fire rather than a predetermined order of operations is what we're instilling in our young firefighters. Taking that victim down the interior stairs is not always the answer. So let's talk about the role of conditions versus timing now. In relationship between conditions with fire and timing for rescue operations will differ from fire to fire and from building to building. You know, we're so quick to talk about building construction and Thank God we have Vinnie Dunn still out there doing his thing. And beyond Vinnie Dunn, we have his disciples that have truly, truly studied his work and passed on his good word. Vinnie Dunn speaks of the building construction as well as how buildings collapse when they're on fire. One thing that we're not really talking about, especially in the fire academy in the early stages of our career, is speed versus velocity of how these buildings burn. That ultimately sets up that systematic method of circumstances of the fire rather than a predetermined order of operations and victim removal. Again, victim removal versus sustained advantage. This comes from understanding how the speed versus velocity in these buildings burn, that tempo. I always talk about the tempo of the fire, and that's incredibly important. But with that tempo, it doesn't only come from that flow state within. That tempo of the fire is dependent on the building construction. Whereas a row frame or a private dwelling wood frame, those fires are very, very fast and very dangerous. Where we talk about fireproof or fire-resistant buildings, project-type buildings. Now, those fires, they're not fun fires, but there's a timing element. As long as we don't have a wind condition, we have a lot of time to make decisions. The fire's not really going anywhere unless it auto-exposes up. So that time balance transfer ultimately with that sustained advantage really can be a game changer when making that grab and then making the next decision. That said, 
understanding and adapting to the temporary nature of the fire environment can provide sustained advantage when victim removals. So there's just something to think about, something to talk about at the kitchen table. This is a good drill topic. I think that it's not necessarily we can train in real life high stress conditions, but we have to talk about when we're practicing our victim removal, talk about fire conditions, talk about area of refuge and how important that is. Talk about controlling that door, getting on the radio and saying, ladder one irons to command. I have a victim upstairs bedroom. I'm going to shelter in place till we get water on the fire. Three key words that we have to hear. We have to hear water on the fire. That changes the game. That sets the tempo from one level to the next. From the chief in the street to the brothers on the floor above to you getting a victim beyond the fire, sheltering in the place. Water on the fire. Key words. But let's talk about water on the fire and that and that terminology just for a quick second. That transmission should solely come from the engine officer, and that is it. Too much confusion can lie when there's an order given or a question asked on the fire ground. Do we have water on the fire? Now, if that answer is not coming from the engine boss, then we can't re fully rely on it. Because someone watching the engine on the fire floor or from the outside, seeing an engine making progress is different than having water on the seat of the fire. If someone else gives that transmission, now that opens the floodgates for the other companies, the truck companies, to fully ventilate that fire apartment or that fire building. Ultimately, spreading that fire to a blowtorch conditions on the fire floor if we don't truly have water on the fire when those windows are taken. So we always talk about coordinated attack, but we have to understand what we're truly in coordination with, and that coordination comes with timing. We are in coordination with timing, and time is a tool on the fire ground. When we can manipulate and understand that time is our friend and time is our tool, if we can use it properly, ultimately we will have success. So the critical takeaway from today's episode is simply understanding that having a systematic method to somewhat removing uh, is an adaptable approach to victim removal. However, having an advantage of understanding that sometimes thinking outside the box is simply looking within it. All right, guys, that's all I got for today. Quick episode, just to touch on something I think we have to identify or clarify somewhat. Some upcoming events, like I spoke about last episode, I'll be at training days in North Carolina beginning of March. Uh, then shortly after that, I'll be on Fire Engineering webcast. Uh, that's going to be 1 o'clock on March 19th. And that is a class on truck company intellect, more or less how riding positions and understanding our assignment of fire to gain position on that fire equals ultimate success. So tune into that March 19th, 1 o'clock, and that's all I got for you guys. Again, thanks for tuning in. This is Mickey Farrell, the TFT headquarters based in near New York City, and we'll catch you next time.